The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. in the middle of life's messes. Hot Happy Mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot Happy Mess. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Hello, hello. Welcome back to Hot Happy Mess, baby. We were gone for a minute. Now we're back. Don't say with the jump off. Don't say with the jump off. Oh my God. I am sorry. (laughs) What's up y'all. I'm Zuri Hall. This is hot, happy mess. We took a hiatus. We took a little bit of a break. We got some rest, some relaxation, some restoration, um, some realignment, all of the things that are necessary and good and, um, must happen so that we can do this whole best life thing minus the burnout, right? So it's been a little while since I got to talk with you one-on-one on the podcast. I've missed you. I've seen your comments and your DMs and your tweets asking about when we'd be back with a new episode and things that you wanted to hear or talk about. And I am so excited to be back. 
So thank you for your patience. We have a lot to cover, a lot to talk about. Um, I actually batched quite a few episodes right before the hiatus. So you're going to get um, the next few weeks of rollouts, our episodes, just so that you understand for context in case anything sounds a little bit like, wait, what? This is not sounding like a, an October moment or November moment. Um, it's because we were uh, recording some of these in the summer. We were recording some of them in the summer. We've had some changes to the Hot Happy Mess team. I am very excited to tell you what is happening and what is in store and what's going to be going down moving forward very soon. But not in this episode, because in this episode, we are locking in on dating abroad, love abroad. Just a quick update on sort of what's been going on with me and my life. We are in the thick of it. Um, Lots of red carpets and movie junkets with Access Hollywood. Um, I am in the middle of the interior design process in my house. I don't know if you all saw or not, but I recently, I did a partnership with Havenly earlier in the year. And I think I've talked about this on the show, Um, but I completely redid my living room Essence Magazine. They actually have an article up if you want to go check that out with photos of the before and the after. And I am so in love with the living room. It's such a place of peace. It's a lot of warm neutrals and ivories and browns and creams and olive greens. And I actually, I bought myself um, this really gorgeous blanket and I promised myself I wasn't going to unbox it until after the living room was done. So I bought this Hermes blanket that, um, you know, you just throw over the couch and it it was in the cute little box, the little orange box for like a year collecting dust, because that's how long it took for me to finish anything in this house. But I have dusted off the box. I have finally allowed myself to open it up and throw the blanket over the couch as the final touch on a finished living room design. And now I'm excited for the next thing because I am never satisfied and always looking for another project. Um, so next up, I want to focus on the dining room, make it co- make it cozier. Um, and also like the family den, like the home theater area. I really want it to feel lived in and cultured and elevated and, and really cozy and combine, you know, a little bit of that West Coast Cali cool energy with my Midwestern um, upbringing and and just really like walking into a home and having it feel comfortable and lived in. I am not into those super cold, all white, sterile, like box looking houses. No shade to those houses. My house kind of looks like that to start, but my plan was to paint everything warm whites and warm neutrals and then start to add flavor and color via art and, um, texture and fabrics and and rugs and all of that stuff. So also, if you all know of any incredible artists, please, please, please send them my way. Um, I'd love to get some amazing custom art on the walls, um, even pieces that aren't custom or original. And I'd also love to support um, some Black designers, some Black artists, uh, maybe with a commission piece if... If, 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 if the budget allows for that. So <laughs> send me all of your artists and we are going to try to do this in the most cost effective way possible. Okay. Anyways, uh, back to the subject at hand. I hope you are well. I'm excited to get back into the groove with you. Uh, today's episode is a topic that we have not explored yet. It's dating abroad. 
And uh, this woman's story is so fascinating. She's so much fun. Uh, We are talking about the best dating apps when you're traveling abroad, how to date while on vacation. Go ahead and get your groove back. I am not mad at it. I advocate for it. Um, If the dating scene is better overseas, um, especially and particularly for women of color um, and black women and so much more. So um, let me think, have I ever dating abroad? I mean, obviously, if you obviously I was in a a relationship quite a while ago, many, many years ago um, internationally, but we'd actually met in the States. But because of that relationship, I got to go back and forth um, to Europe, specifically to the Netherlands, um, a lot off and on. And that was my first introduction to even the idea of living abroad, um, dating abroad. And I have found um, that it's really fun to be single internationally, you know, outside of that relationship. After I ended that relationship, there were chapters when I was super single and happened to be overseas. And I just got to tell you, um, it's a good time, y'all. <laughs> it's just like there's something about landing in another country where it feels, at least for me, like there are no rules, right? Like who you are and um, the Zuri of of the States is just back at the border (laughs) and you kind of get to create this, this new world and this new life and anything goes. But you can kind of build a new social circle, explore. Um, there are not ties to these ideas of who you are or who you were based on where you've lived and who you used to hang out with and who you used today. It's kind of like anything goes. And I love that. Um, dating in France. I mean, we love a French accent. Um, I've gone on some dates in Paris. That was cute. I may have had a couple of moments in London through the years. Loved that for me. <laughs> um, where else have I hung out or gone on a date or two? Fran- France and the UK. Those are those are the the ones I can speak to uh, the most. But I've been really curious, not even for myself, but just big picture about dating abroad. Um, across many borders, um, particularly when it comes to, you know, countries that I haven't been lucky enough to spend a ton of time. Like one of my favorite, favorite cities in the entire world is Cape Town. And I've been there twice now, but for very short work trips. But I always thought whenever I go, I'm like, man, this is a place that I could really spend some significant time. Um, And so I've always wondered, you know, I have friends on the ground there who are in the entertainment industry in South Africa. And they're always telling me about what it's like dating there, why they hate it, why they love it, why they feel like it would be so much better if they were in L.A. or New York or wherever. And I'm like, you say that now, but wait till you get here. Um, Fake news. (laughs) It's it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be. But I've always wondered that. So um, other parts of Western Europe, um, various African countries, I am fascinated by dating culture, particularly in India. Um, And I am excited to learn more about, you know, how everybody gets down in other parts of the world and and what works and what doesn't. There's so much that gets lost in translation sometimes uh, because of those cultural differences. But I also find that to be the most fascinating and exciting part of getting to know or dating someone from a completely different culture. And so I don't mean just two Americans from different, you know, racial backgrounds or whatever it may be. I'm talking about completely different countries, possibly completely different religions, completely different ways of viewing the world, which honestly in America, 
you can have two Americans and that still feel very much like the situation, but that's a different conversation for a different day. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it, shall we? Um, I'm trying to think if there's any fun, like most memorable international date that I've ever got on to share with you guys. I did have this really fun day in Paris once on a very casual date, um, quite a few years ago at this point, but I just remember it was summertime. I was in a dress with chucks. Y'all know I love a sneaker. Comfort is key. And the the guy had a motorcycle. It was all so very French. It was just the best sort of like cliche French day, Parisian day you could dream of. And we hopped on his bike and we rode through uh, the streets of Paris and went to, I can't remember which museum, but it was incredible. And it wasn't the obvious museum. Like we didn't go to the Louvre or maybe we did at a different point, but this was some um, other smaller museum. And it was, it just felt so local. And so we're walking through the museum. We're taking pictures of the art um, of the different statues. It's just gorgeous. Um, We popped out of the museum, back on the bike and then explored these tiny little cobblestone roads, um, grabbed lunch at a tiny little cafe out on the sidewalk because you know, one of the things I love most about a lot of Western European cities is how those tables sit out on the sidewalk and face out so that you can actually enjoy people watching and taking in the sights, the sounds, the smells of these incredible cities, specifically Paris at this point. Um, And then day turned to night and we ended up driving around Paris at night on the bike with the Eiffel Tower glittering. I mean, just lit up. It was giving Emily in Paris before Emily was ever in Paris. Okay. It was Zuri Hall in Paris, living her best life and loving every minute. Um, So I highly recommend it if you can ever, (laughs) um, you know, find a random handsome stranger, maybe do a background check first to take you through Paris on a motorcycle. I loved it. Anyways, <laughs> time for today's episode. Um, today, our guest is sharing her story of meeting her boyfriend on a layover and then moving to Spain for him, dealing with international boys, exoticism, intercultural conflicts, and more. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. Here's Christine. All right. Christine is here with me now. She currently lives in Barcelona, where she hosts Flourish in the Foreign. It's a podcast that celebrates, elevates, and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness, which I absolutely love. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to chat with you. And I've actually moved. I've moved from Barcelona to Valencia. So now just down the coast. Okay, we moved down the coast. I love that. Okay, so Christine is currently in Valencia. How long have you been in Valencia? Uh, Since August of last year. So almost a year. Oh, yeah. Okay, a good chunk of time. How are you liking it? I love it. It's less touristy than Barcelona. It's friendlier. It's just... A chiller vibe. And I think my, my spirit needed that. It needed just some okay. relaxation. It needed some friendly faces. That's what right. I needed. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad that you found that there. I cannot wait to hear about your journey because really you're just living the life that I feel like I'm supposed to be living. I'm not supposed to be stuck in one spot 
just hanging out. Uh, it's California, so no complaints. But I absolutely am fascinated by um, expat culture, people who are brave enough and bold enough to just go out into new worlds and new places and carve out a life for themselves. And I've done it in different ways career-wise, but obviously only ever in the States. But I'm so fascinated by... Um, international experiences and travels, um, particularly ones that feel even semi-permanent. So thank you for sharing your story with us today. Um, let's go ahead and just dive in uh, with how the travel bug first hit you in this way. Where are you from originally? And when did you decide that you wanted to get out of there? I'm from Atlanta. And I think I always knew I wanted to live abroad. Like it consciously came to me when I was 17. And I think that was because my dad is Trinidadian. So, you know, immigrant father, grandparents. And then on my mom's side, I always call us like a small nomadic tribe of women have no problem like getting up and going. Like when my grandmother, you know, was alive, she would just be out. We'd be calling her house. She wouldn't be home. She'd come back a week later. She's like, oh yeah, I was in Aruba. Like what? Wow. Like, what? Love it. Lady, you can't even go in places. She's like, oh yeah, I can. And I will. So for mm. me, I think it's just always been in my blood. And then mm. when I was about 10 years old, uh, my parents were divorced and my dad actually got stationed in Germany. And so I would spend my summers in Germany. So it just was a thing. Like I never learned the fear of flying or being different spaces, even in different languages. And I didn't speak any German. I know about enough German to ask the pastry lady um, at the bakery I go to to be like, oh, can I have my favorite pastry? And she just said, look at this little black girl with her little okay. bit of buddy. And be like, give her the pastry. <laughs> and they'd be like, all right. And like, that's the only bad of German I knew. But, you know, yeah. I just knew that I just never had the fear. And then because I was going abroad to see my dad and then also my mom would go on like girls trips and just leave us at home and be like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Not alone, but like with my stuff. Right. Um, but she was living. Yeah. She was living with her girlfriends and she went to Spain before I did and went to Mexico and like lived a life that gave mm -hmm. me, I think, the courage to even think about living and traveling. And then it really wasn't until I was in university and I studied abroad actually here in Valencia 15 years ago, which um, Shutterfly keeps on reminding me with like these photos, like, hey, do you want oh this on a God. mug? And I'm like, no, I don't want early 2000s fashions <laughs> on a mug. Like, please stop. Uh, well, honestly, you. it's all coming back. All of that fashion is back to where I'm like, oh God, am I old enough now that I could have just kept all of my clothes? Because Gen Z is out here with flare legs and halter tops and Y2K sunglasses. Yes, I should have kept my puka shell necklace. I should have <laughs> kept, I could have settled that like on some vintage, you know, thrift shop website Absolutely. i should have kept all my stuff my butterfly clips everything it's all coming <laughs> back so i did that um in college and i didn't have like the best time studying abroad you know it wasn't like i don't know emily in paris it wasn't like that at all mm -hmm. but it didn't deter me from traveling and so i still traveled i still wanted to live abroad um i graduated from university i went to law school which was an interesting choice um and 
I didn't really come back to wanting to travel again until after I graduated from law school. And I just was trying to figure it out. Like, how am I going to make this happen? I ended up actually landing a job sight unseen in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Wow. And I was hyped because I was in Atlanta at the time. I'd gone to school in Miami. I returned to Atlanta and I was like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. You know, gave up my beautiful apartment in Inman Park, Atlanta, was staying in the suburbs with my mom, um, getting ready to go, trying to get my visa together when it fell through. Oh, no. And I was just like, what do you mean I don't have a job? Like, what do you, what do you oh, mean? They, I'm not going the to Malaysia. Job at all. Fell through. It wasn't a visa situation. No, the job fell through. They're like, oh yeah, no. And I was wow. like, oh, okay, because now I don't got a job. And I'm living in the suburbs with my mom. Oh like, my God. <laughs> there's problems here. You know, I told everybody I went on like a farewell tour. I was like, bye, I'm going to Malaysia, you know, and that wasn't going to happen. And so I was angry and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? This is some BS. And I ended up going on a, a mountain range that's actually close to my mom's house or her old house called Kennesaw Mountain. I was just like trying to walk out the anger. Um, it wasn't really helping. I was just like angry, yeah. hiking. Um, and a thought came to me and it was like Camino de Santiago. And I was like, what? Now I had never heard of the Camino de Santiago except for like six months prior from a friend of mine. It was like New Year's, we were out to dinner. We were talking about bucket lists, what we're gonna be doing. She was like, yeah, I really wanna walk this Camino de Santiago. I was like, what is that? She's like, yeah, it's a really cool trip. We just walk across Spain. Wow. And I was like, why would you do that? Right. I'm like, what do you mean you just walk across Spain? She's like, yeah, you have like a backpack. You just walk across Spain. And I was like, okay, girl, if that's what you wanna do, like you go do that. So then fast forward six months, I'm going on this angry hike. <laughs> this thought keeps on coming to me and it haunts me for days and nothing like that has ever happened to me in my life. Mm. And so I'm like, fine, I'll look it up. I go onto like this forum and it's like, oh yeah, this is a 500 mile trek across Spain. I was like, oh, this is, this is not for me. Yeah. Cause I'm not outdoorsy. Cause I was like, I'm outdoorsy. Like I like to have brunch on terraces, Period. not like, like a rooftop and a mimosa. <laughs> Exactly. But it kept on haunting me. And I made up like all these excuses as to why I couldn't do it. Why I like, I was like, I'm a single woman. I can't do it. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And then I scrolled down the website and there's like this grandma who's like, this is my 15th Camino. <laughs> and I was like, man, can't let grandma like just outdo you like that. Like, nope. I can't. So I, I turned that like job falling through from Malaysia into the very next month. In August uh, 2014, I was in France and I was walking the Camino Santiago over the French Pyrenees into Spain. And 33 days later, I was on the Atlantic coast of Spain, finishing the Camino Santiago, being like, I guess I can do anything. So I'm going to move to Spain. Wow. And like, that's kind of like the oh, short story good. of like, how and why? That is fascinating. So wait, it was a 33-day journey. I mean, I'm assuming obviously you're stopping along the way, you're exploring the country. Is it safe to say you fell in love with Spain over the course of that month? Is that what sold you on moving there? I mean, I'd already loved Spain. I'd been to Spain before, mm -hmm. but I think what really happened is like on the Camino, it's just an active meditation. A lot of nonsense I hadn't dealt with within myself just 
bubbled up to the surface because you're just out here not really alone with other people but like you're just out here with your thoughts mm -hmm. you can't hide from yourself things that you're like i don't i don't care i don't feel that and it's like just coming up and just tears and you're like wow. i don't know why i'm crying wow. it's just coming out you know like you have to deal with yourself you have to get to know yourself in different stressful situations and also it was just like I made a lot of excuses before to hesitate in my life. I made a lot of excuses as to why I couldn't do things, right? I was like, I'm not outdoorsy. I can't do this. And I recognized that it really is me saying no to myself. Mm. And so over the course of that time, I was like, I just have to say yes to myself like one time. Mm. And it doesn't mean that it's like all of a sudden I'd like, you know, speed walk across Spain. No, like I got ten and ice on my feet. We were effed up because I had it prepared. They were messed up. Mm. But what I learned was like step by step, you know, or in Spanish, paso a paso, like you can not only accomplish things, but like you can give yourself the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't have to be like all or nothing. You could just say yes to this moment for me. And so it was that combination of, you know, seeing different parts of Spain. Yes. And I was like, I want to live here. There was also this just recognition of how much I had been playing myself. Like I hadn't really been giving myself the benefit of the doubt. And so I was like, I think I can move to Spain and I think I'm going to make it happen. Mm, I love that saying yes to this moment. Cause it really is just one foot in front of the other. You look up and you've walked miles, not just literally, but figuratively. Also you look up at a certain point and you created an entirely different life for yourself. And it started with that, that one, yes, that one step. Um, at a certain point, you decided to start a podcast about this, this new life that you're living about others or for others who are inspired to um, experience a similar adventure in their own life. Tell me a little bit about the podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is called Flourish in the Foreign. It is all about celebrating the voices and stories of Black women across the diaspora living and thriving abroad while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. I launched it May 2020 in the height of Spanish lockdown, which was very different than U.S. lockdown because we were actually locked down, <laughs> could not leave the apartment unless we were taking out the trash or going to the supermarket. It was intense. Mm. But I, I wanted to create the platform because I recognized that, you know, like I said before, I wanted to live abroad. I knew I wanted to live abroad since I was 17. I was trying to figure it out for many, many years, but I just didn't hear stories of women that looked like us that was doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think if I had heard the stories, seen these faces, I would have figured out many different ways to do it faster. So I'd be like, oh, is that what you're going through? Right. Or like, oh, I didn't know I could just do this, this and this. Or, oh, my gosh, this is a cool place to live as black people. All right, let me think about that. And so I throughout my travels and living abroad, I would just meet incredible black women. And I just have these amazing conversations. They're like, oh yeah, girl, I've been living in Singapore for 20 years. Like, what? They're like, yeah. Or anywhere. And I'm like, people should know you. 
like, I wish I would have known you earlier. And so I was just like, I just want to capture our stories because look, across the diaspora, you know, our stories are not told, right? A lot of people still to this day are like, do you think you can have enough stories for your podcast? You can't even run out of stories. I'm like, see, the issue is is that you think that I would because you don't see us, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't see us out here. So you're like, oh, Right. Are they black women doing this? And it's like, right. yeah, we just mind our business. That's the thing. We mind our business. <laughs> you also try. We're not getting any, right? Like, we're not getting any legal issues. We just mind our business, enjoying, you know, our life. But it's so important for us to tell our stories and for us to to do that for us by us, because a shared history that all black women and people across the diaspora have is that our history for the most part wasn't really defined or written by us. It's written by victors in history and we weren't the victors in a lot of situations. And so for me, I didn't want to wait until this was cool or like whatever. And they're so-and-so wanted to do a a story on black women living abroad. Can you believe it? Like, no. We've been doing this and I wanted to showcase our stories Mm -hmm. and what we wanted to talk about and our feelings about ourselves, our blackness, our our womanhood. That was really important to me. And that's why uh, the podcast is a personal narrative. You don't even really hear a lot from me because I want the women to tell their stories and their words, to share their thoughts, their struggles, their triumphs, and also reflect on how making this really monumental decision to leave everything that you know, right? Your culture, your your context, like that's the thing people don't recognize. Like you make sense within a, like a certain context. You come out of, of that context, people be like, okay, this is interesting. What's yeah. this all about, right? Like you leave that and you decide that you're going to thrive. You're going to figure out what is it that I really want? Not with the society that I come from, not what my family wants, but, and not even necessarily the country that I'm living in. Like, what do I want? Like, what is my wellness? What actually do I value? And I just, I wanted to showcase it and I have, and I'm so proud of it. And the women are so fantastic. And yeah, yeah I just love it. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Listen up. I've got a quick message for any black entrepreneurs who are planning on opening a store or who want to grow their business. If this describes you, let me share some info about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training, 
and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You brought up wellness. You've said that living abroad can be a pathway to wellness. And obviously, you know, Hot Happy Mess is all about best life minus the burnout. I got to a point in my 20s, late 20s, where I was just not well. I was unwell, you know, like mentally, physically, spiritually depleted. And I had to figure out what worked for me. It's interesting to hear you say that living abroad could very much be a pathway to that for people. I'm curious to know. In what ways, like what would you say would be the number one or number two ways um, that this journey has led to wellness for you? Because some might think, oh my God, that sounds stressful. That sounds exhausting. Where do I get the money? Like the opposite of wellness. So what about doing this has helped make you well? Yeah, like you're right. Because living abroad is a hassle. I just want to let everybody know that. Like, oh, to live abroad. Like, no, it's a hassle. And the wellness isn't just like arriving at the airport. Like, I just arrived in Barcelona. I was like, well, like, no, it didn't happen (laughs) like that, right? The wellness comes, and my belief is in you're actually in this interesting gap right? So you're outside of your cultural context. You don't have those societal pressures in that timeline. I'm from Atlanta. The societal timeline for Atlanta for women is like, we can, you can still get married out of high school. People really won't like bat an eye. Out of college, like cool. If you wait till after grad school, they're like, 
All right. You're like geriatric. Like I am a grandma at this point. <laughs> it's like, it's right. They're like, why, why aren't you married? Like, yeah. What's going on? So moving outside of that context, you're not beholden to these expectations while also you're in a situation where you're foreign and you're other. So nobody's really expecting you to conform to these expectations. Now, obviously always being respectful of cultural norms and things like that, but they're not like, oh, why aren't you doing this and this and this? They're like, you're a foreigner. We guess that's what foreigners do. Like, all right, that's what you are doing. So you're actually given this space to breathe mm-hmm. and to decide. Now, if you move abroad with intention, what you can do in that space is you can make conscious decisions and choices. Now, these choices aren't always like, oh, maybe I'll wake up at 10 o'clock today or maybe I'll have siesta. Like, that's not actually where the wellness is. The wellness is in leaning into the contrast that you actually feel because I'm, I'm American, I'm Southern. Like we have a certain kind of way of life and it doesn't, it's not really in alignment with like Spanish lifestyle. And I could like a lot of expats complain and be like, why y'all got lucky charms? Like, what is up with this? I need some lucky charms in my life. And you're like, you're not gonna have lucky charms. But what you could do instead of complaining and like stonewalling yourself from a culture, from experience is be curious to the other choices that are at hand. Mm. And that's where the wellness is. You start surrendering to this experience. And I make, I always use the example of breakfast because people, one, get super angry about breakfast all over expat forums. And I'm not sure why. Why? Like territorial over what you should or shouldn't be eating, whether you should eat at all. Like where's the argument? Look, these Brits, or yeah, I'm gonna call it the Brits. These Brits need their beans. Well, right. they need their beans. I don't get they, it. I, they I need their British breakfast forum because I feel some type of way about that too. I was in London like a month ago, and I'm like, what are we? Bangers and mash, the beans. Like it's 10, 10 a.m. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie. They're always looking for a British breakfast, and they get mad when they don't have it. And I'm like, I. Okay. Right. But it's that kind of thing. But that's like a small thing. But you can get angry about like, okay, siesta's cool in theory, but then we have stuff to do. You're like, oh, I can't do stuff. And then you may go back after siesta, be like, y'all open. And they're like, actually decide not to open again. I'm tired. No. You'd be like, what's this? Right. Yeah. It's in that contrast, it's in that moment of like resistance that if you move intentionally. You can choose differently. You can actually surrender to the experience. And it's in those little micro decisions that the wellness actually comes into your life. Mm. Why am I moving to Spain and being angry at the Spanish way of life? Like it's cool on vacation, but I decided to live. That means I need to surrender to this lifestyle. And it's like, I want to be open to a different way of living my life, to a different value system, mm-hmm. right? I want to actually embrace a version of myself that maybe could not have been cultivated or nurtured in Atlanta. And that's what really living abroad as a pathway to wellness is about. It isn't crystals and bath bombs. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I like them. I have them. But that's not what it is. It's a conscious cultivation of a life. It is going abroad and making decisions about your values and what's important to you in a different way of life, even if it feels really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, I actually was talking to someone about this last week, I was never a napper. So siesta was never a thing for me. And I would feel anxious about napping because I was like, I'm going to oversleep. I'm going to wake up grumpy and just like, and think it's like 1972. Like, you know, you, you wake up and you're like, what? What's the, what day? What's the time? What's it all mean? Like, it's not productive, yeah. right? 
but I, it took me like four years living in Spain to be like, let me try this nap thing. Four years before you took a nap in Spain. I mean, yeah, like to (laughs) embrace siesta culture. No judgment. I know. I was exhausted. I was sleeping all up and down that country. Wow. No. Right. Because the thing is like moving abroad doesn't like moving to Spain. And when I first moved to Spain, I actually didn't move to Barcelona. I moved to La Rioja. So wine region. So people are like, oh, you're just drinking wine and kicking it. And I was. I was drinking a lot of (laughs) wine. Excellent. So affordable. So affordable that when I drink wine in the United States, I'd be like, oh, no. Child's no. play. You are how much for this glass of wine? Yeah. Oh no. So I can get like for two dollars right. in Spain. No, I'm not doing it. But look, terrorist life and drinking wine didn't heal me a burnout and it didn't reprogram my brain automatically. I had to consciously make that decision. I had to think about what was it inside of me that was resisting rest? What was it inside of me that felt guilty if I wasn't always doing something that I I needed to always be busy? What's up with that? I had to actually do that work so that I could surrender to this experience and let it really transform me into actually embrace wellness. You know, it's the difference between wellness as an aesthetic and wellness actually changing your life mm-hmm. and actually healing you, being curious about it. Mm-hmm. Again, bath bombs are cool, but bath bombs ain't gonna, they ain't gonna solve burnout. And that's mm-hmm. not honestly the most important part of self-care. Mm-hmm. The most important part of self-care is being honest about your fears and your beliefs that are no longer serving you and to actually make the steps to heal that. That's what mm-hmm. wellness is. And I think that's what living abroad can create mm-hmm. if you do so intentionally. Amen. Preaching, preaching, preaching. I love that. Um, I also love what you said about um, consciously cultivating. What, what was the phrase you used? Cultivating conscious living or cultivating a life well lived abroad, cultivating a life well lived because it's so important. And the thing is, is like, it really is cultivating, right? Yeah. It's not magic fairy dust. It's not, oh, I was live in Spain for five years and my life will change. No, there's plenty of people who live abroad for many years and they are not changed. Right. <laughs> and that's just what it is. It is a cultivation. So we have to think about it. We've been cultivating our lives consciously or unconsciously the entire time, right? It's just that society gave us a certain amount of soil and certain amount of seeds of intention, of accomplishments, and we were taught to cultivate them, whether they were really in alignment with who we were or not, whether it was really a harvest we wanted to reap or not. Mm -hmm. The issue is, is that we come to a point in our lives and we're like, I don't want this harvest. I don't want these carrots. I want sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. I want something else, you know? And so you have to do that work of understanding you know, what is this current soil? Like, is this even conducive for what I want to grow? And then how can I consciously plant these seeds? And then I have to get to know these intentions. These intentions need different types of sunlight, water, love and attention and song and dance or whatever. Like it needs something different. So you have to become different. So cultivating a life while lived abroad is just that. You got to get your hands dirty. Like it's your life. You want to get your hands dirty. You should, but Too often, I think, and I've talked to a lot of my guests, you know, they're all Black women. They're coming from a place of burnout. And so when you've been working and hustling and growing something that you don't really want, doesn't really serve you, doesn't really nourish you, you're like, what? I got to grow more things. (laughs) I got to work more. I got to do more things. It's like, yeah, but it's for your benefit. This is your garden. This is your life. Like, this is for you. Um, So you have to get your hands dirty. 
And for so many people, that often includes relationship, right? Love. Uh, you talk a lot about dating abroad, love abroad. Um, and it's interesting. I've compared stories. I've obviously been in, in a public relationship that would, that had that international component. Um, and it was the first time that my eyes opened to a different way of living and a different lifestyle and culture. And that was the first time that I experienced what you talked about when you said surrender, right? For the long it was fighting. Well, why do y'all do this like this? Well, why do y'all eat this? Well, I don't really know if I like it here. And then one day you say, screw it. And you sort of ride the wave and it becomes a really beautiful, interesting, unique experience. Um, whether that relationship lasts or not, um, the way that your eyes open, the, the, the things that you embrace um, about a new way of living stay with you in a very permanent way. And, and I really appreciate that. I'm curious to know how the experience has been for you. From what I understand, you met your ex on a layover, you moved to Barcelona for him, um, and now you are out here dating abroad and internationally just living it up? Like what, what's going on? Girl, <laughs> so much, so much. Actually, I just did my first speed dating event ever in my life, like three weeks ago. But we'll talk about that. But yeah, I met my ex to it on a. You hosted the say speed that dating, or you went speed dating? I went. I went speed speed dating. Okay, three weeks ago. So bad. So bad. I'll tell you about it. So my ex, yeah, I met him on a layover in Barcelona. Um, I naively had read like an article that was like, hey, Tinder in Europe is different. You can make friends. It's not all about hookups. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. I was on layer, I was going to Milan, and I was like, um, it was during El Clasico, which is a football match between El, uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, Spanish football. I want to like meet some people and just, you know, hang out. And so I put on my Tinder, I turn it on, I'm like, hey, I'm in town for a layover. Uh, I want to watch this soccer match. Who wants to like host me? Like, let's hang out, let's go to a bar. And uh, I got crickets because what man is trying to talk to you during a, a soccer match right none especially an important one they're like no girl I'm with my friends like no absolutely no so I was like oh wow I just got complete crickets on this tinder I was like all right well I guess I'm just gonna go to Milan and like live my life after the match like immediately once the match was over my tinder like blows up and like every everything comes in and you know it's not different actually tinder in europe is not different it's not special it's like guys who are like ooh you want to come to my house and oh, your house sir right. stranger danger no i'm not going to your house um but my ex was one of the guys and he messaged me he actually had read my profile and demonstrated that invited me out to like a Cuban jazz club and like that's all she wrote we were like together and that was it it was very intense and look it was not a very healthy relationship I will admit that it was for like three years toxic no no bueno what I can actually say though which I think is really important for people to know if they think they're gonna move abroad and like I'm gonna love my life that's gonna be great mm -hmm. um you could and I'm happy for you if you do but I think the thing is is that you still have to have your same values and your same standards abroad I think for me, I think I let a lot of things slide because I was like, well, maybe it's just the way like Spanish men are. Like this maybe it's just like, I don't understand. Maybe it's like a, like a translation difference. Like girl, it's not, no, it's not. 
Girl, okay. it's toxic. You keep talking because I might have a little bit of a trigger moment right now because I'm like, oh, this is just, this is how it happens in your country? Really? That's what this is? And you just, you extend some grace where, nah, men can be men all around the world. <laughs> exactly. And it wasn't until literally this year uh, when I was speaking to my therapist, and she was just like, mm, I think your ex is a narcissist. And like, we're like unpacking it. And I was like, I thought he was just Spanish. <laughs> no, girl, he's a narcissist. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, dang. So honestly, everyone, just beware. Like, you need to still have your standards. If things don't feel right, don't just be like, I think it's just the language. Like, no, girl, run, run, run away. There's that. But, you know, I've had a lot of guests on my show that talk about dating abroad, especially as Black women. And I think it's because... Um, I'll say specifically for Black American women, you know, some women feel like they just don't have that many options in the United States, like they're not being chosen. Like, I always feel like whenever I go into the shade room, and I read the comments, I'm like, what is this dynamic of dating? It feels very much like I'm in an alternate re reality because I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, high value, low value, this and that, and who can do whatever. I'm like, that's some nonsense. And you guys have to tap out of that reality. Just tap out. Like, don't have that conversation. Like, it's not global. Like, it's a very weird bubble. Yeah. So I think a lot of women are tired of that. And so they want to, like, come abroad. And they're like, I'm going to date and stuff like that. And I think you can. But I think that you have to be really mindful. Now, I've had guests on my show talk about tokenism, exoticism, fetishism, like in Japan, I had a guest that talked about like, yeah, I met this guy at like a reggae concert. And I thought it was cool, but you know, you know, we made out or whatever. And then he was like, I want you to be my girlfriend. And she, she was like, oh, okay. He was cute. She was like, I think I was just like the, like, uh, what is it? Like the, I don't even know. Cause I don't watch you. So like the, um, crown jewel in his like reggae culture thing he's like oh i have a black girl oh, because so now this i'm the, legit this is the girl she's jamaican right um there yeah there's yes jamaican yeah okay got it got it so he wanted to to wipe her up real quick because she was to be the queen of this what like jamaican social scene that he was a part of in japan oh yeah interesting right and so, and then there's always like this interesting, like stereotype, like, oh, we got to go to Italy. Italian men love black women. I've been to Italy so many times. Mm -hmm. Italy's not like my favorite country. It just really isn't. Like, it's not. Um, and I understand what people are talking about. Like Italian men are quite forward. I don't really like that because I'm like, I don't know you. Get on my face. <laughs> don't follow me. Don't touch me. Mm, no, no, no. Don't call me chocolate. No, no. Oh, no like, please chocolate. don't. <laughs> Oh, girl, there was, yes, yes, all of those that things. Is, You're just like, that's interesting. I've had, I've had some moments in Italy. I enjoyed my time in Italy. I will say that. Um, I think I, in my experience, the forward men, I found that to be something that is very much across the board, just depending on if you're around, you know, douchebags or not, to be quite frank. I get it in the States, I get it in Europe. It really just depends on the man. But maybe some cultures are more forward than others. I could probably think of a couple, but um, interesting. Okay. So Italy is not your yeah. food. It's not, but my thing is like, I never want any, any woman or especially black woman to like go abroad with their hopes of like 
dating abroad, like with everything about that. Cause I'm like, there's so much to, to discover and what works for one woman may not work for you. You know what I mean? You also have to get to know like the culture and to understand your values and really understand your intention. Are you looking for marriage? Okay, well, you know, you may want to be really mindful about where you move to, because if you move to a certain culture, a certain region, they're like, I only marry people within my culture. So we can date and we have sex, but I ain't going to marry you. And that happens a lot in the Middle East. <laughs> like, Then you don't want to move there. Right. So I think the thing is about dating abroad is you definitely have to be really intentional about what you're looking for, really understand the environment you're going into um, and not think it's going to be like some kind of cure-all for, for low self-esteem, you know, like, oh, well, he called me pretty. I'm like, girl, you've been beautiful. You don't need somebody to validate you. Don't get caught in that, you know, like all these different types of things. It's, it's really, really fascinating. And then obviously for some of my, you know, listeners and I've had guests who are queer navigating that dating space abroad is really interesting. Want to be, you know, make sure you're safe, but also I've had guests who are like, I've only dated like black people. So this is weird to go abroad and have to open up uh, my dating parameters. And what does that mean? So it's it's a lot of different things besides like date or he bought me flowers. It is cute. For the people who do want to, you know, experience this, who are opening up their minds, their hearts and saying, you know what, I'll give it a go. They set their intentions. Maybe they're just dating for fun. Maybe they are looking for their future spouse, whatever it is, they're on board. What are your top recommendations for someone to really hit the ground running in a new country when it comes to one safety, when it comes to two, where to even find these potential suitors? How do we just get our, our, our date life popping from day one when we land? From day one, learn language, which means go to language exchanges, go to class, like join a class because you'll meet the teacher, they'll have friends, the other people in your class, you'll start creating a community of people that you can, you know, relatively go out in a safe kind of environment that are going to know the language maybe better than you, that'll know certain places. So you can start meeting people. That's the first thing. You definitely want to to start learning the language. And also with like classes and stuff like that, you'll start understanding culture mm -hmm. and like certain norms. And you can also pick up slang, which is like my teacher, my Spanish teacher, he's just like, I'm like, no, tell me about this. What does this mean? He's like that, we're talking about subjunctive, Christine. Like, we're talking about bird tenses. I'm like, I didn't know like all the curse words, sir. <laughs> I didn't be able to say this, this, this. But that's where you pick it up, right? That's how you know like, oh, if somebody says this to me and that's me. So that's probably the best way to get started. The next way is to go out in, do things within your interests. Mm -hmm. I know like it's, it's simple, but people resist it. And I think because a lot of people want to be online in the apps and the apps are horrible. They're just getting worse. I feel like it's just getting worse and worse. Did you ever use Meetup? I remember when I was really um, traveling internationally much more often, I would peruse the website. I don't think I ever actually went to one of the, the gatherings, but I was always curious about whether or not these were actually cool opportunities to meet men and women. Like I was also just looking for friends for when I was traveling. Sometimes, you know, you want to travel solo and it's nice to be able to pick up the phone and call an acquaintance that you have on the ground, but I never did any of the meetups. Did you do those ever? I think couch surfing yes. was another one. I never did couch surfing because 
stranger danger for me. Right. I can't uh-huh. do that. Like I did hostel life, but that was about as much. I can't do couch surfing, right. but I did meet up. They also have like um, a Facebook group that's called Girl Gone International and they have different chapters all around the world. That has been really cool to like plug in. And you could do that even when you're just traveling to be like, what's the event going on? Meetups, you know, meet some girls, see what the vibe is. Mm-hmm. That's been really great. I did Internations, which is like oh, yeah. an elevated meetup. So for like corporate expats so depending on you know if you want to get your grown and sexy go to a a concert an opera or something like that or a book club it's actually really smart to do because I feel like the people that do international especially the women Mm -hmm. they are super international they've lived around the world they got stories to tell about men and dating and marriage and craziness so Mm -hmm. good tea good tea because they'll be like husband oh yeah this is what he did but that's okay because I took half of it and I'll be like oh tell me more right right yeah okay so I would say internations girl gone international but get out yeah go do things that you're interested in and you're gonna be afraid especially if you have like no concept of the language you're like girl how am I supposed to go to a book club and I don't speak Russian girl go out there right go because going on the apps it's just I mean it's so it's like Amazon. And I feel bad because it'd be like, you're just swiping through the merchandise. You're looking at the, it's like reviews. You're like, no, no. And it's just, you're not going to get to what you want, which is at least just a good time. Yeah. So get out. That is the, that's the thing to do. And I think you should do it as soon as you hit the ground, because what happens, especially when you move abroad, you have the honeymoon period. And then I think everyone has like a homesickness isolation period, especially if you don't have that language. So even if you aren't socially awkward, all of a sudden you have like, you're socially awkward, you have social anxiety, you don't want to go outside. You're like, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to try to talk, you know, in Spanish or whatever. And they're going to laugh at me and I don't want to do it today. And you can really hibernate and like not have a good experience. Whereas if you launch yourself out there, at least you have people who like WhatsApp, you'd be like, girl, where have you been? Why aren't you not in Spanish class? Like, you know, that'll help you to stay out and I'll have activities. And, you know, if you're in a major city, they'll probably speak English, yeah. like probably. So you'll have that kind of bridge, but that's the best way to get out and meet guys or people. You just have to do it. No apps. I'm not a- No apps. Yet. Don't do the apps. Save yourself. Say, same that applies in the States, right? It's like everyone hates the apps. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger King. 
Yippee, would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Dating abroad as a black woman. What's it like? Like, like if you had to sum it up um, in a few sentences, how can it impact our self-worth? Would you recommend it? Is it good or bad? I'm assuming it's not one size fits all. I mean, it definitely isn't one size fits all because black women, we aren't a monolith, right? And what I think was, it's really interesting about dating abroad is, is that it really is whatever you make it. And so whatever you, what baggage you take with you from the US or wherever you're from, you're still going to have to unpack that abroad. What's interesting, though, is that because you're outside of your cultural context, you aren't around people who will reinforce maybe some of your toxic nonsense and so your toxic beliefs, you know, maybe maybe there will be other values that will actually help you to really actually find a match for you. For example, when I lived in Barcelona, I used to like always get befriended by Eastern European women. I don't know why, but like Romanian, Bulgarian, like everybody was like, oh yeah, Christine. And what I found is like, these are one brilliant, really amazing, always speak like multiple languages, like five languages, incredible. But these women would always talk to me about like the things they see in American culture. And they'd be like, I don't understand why it is seen as bad or somehow materialistic to want a a partner, a man who can provide for you. They're like, this doesn't make sense. I work, he he can't work, like to require that in a first date is like crazy. 
that's the kind of thing when you have different values, when you're put in different environments, you're actually able to really assess what is important to you and what are some of the things you just co-sign because you're just in the mix. I think also the thing about dating abroad, especially for Black women, and I've had a couple of guests on my show talk about this, is that perhaps dating abroad is the only opportunity for them to actually practice dating. They may not have actually had the opportunity. Specifically, I had mm -hmm. a guest, Latrice, she's in Italy. She's now happily engaged. Uh, but she says, you know, she moved to Italy in her, in her early forties, I believe. And she has an MBA, she's in real estate investment. She was in Chicago, she was doing it. But she was like, nobody was checking for me. Like nobody wanted to date me. I just America in the States, in the States, in Chicago. She was like, people are just like, no, you're my friend. And she was just like, oh, OK. Um, wow. And she recognized when she moved to Italy. Yeah. You know, Italian men can be very flirtatious. Italian men love beauty. So they're going to comment on it. Like, yeah, we like that. But she recognized that she didn't have the skills to date. And so she needs to actually get those skills. And actually, it's funny because she recently made like a Facebook post giving a recommendation to people who are dating abroad. And this is what she said. And I'm just going to say this. She 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 posted and I was like, I gave her a side eye. So I was like, I don't want to do any of this, Latrice. Like, I don't want to do any of this already. I had the resistance. But she said, OK, go on to your dating app. And as we discussed before, I'm like, no dating app. She's like, go on your dating app, go on Tinder and do what guys do, which is swipe on everyone, swipe right on everyone. Right. And I was like, that's where you got me. I was like, oh, I don't think I can do that. She goes, then when you have all those matches, then obviously the guys with like no photos, something very disturbing immediately in the profile, you're going to unmatch those. Then all the right. guys that you're like, oh, he's short, he's uh, uh, uh you're going to actually hold on to that and you're going to see who messaged you first. Then from who, how they message you, how they approach you, you can decide whether to go on a quick coffee date just to see, to get those kind of reps in or do some kind of like FaceTime chat. But she's like, it's important to get to the date as quickly as possible and get those reps in mm -hmm. because then you start understanding who you are in this dating market. And you can also start seeing, you know, uh, you can't judge a book by its cover and maybe perhaps someone that you would not have swiped right on would actually have, you know, more of your values. But I think that's the thing about dating abroad for black women. It's a combination of being exposed to different values, different social norms that actually might be in alignment with what you want. And also actually having right. practice dating, like having people take you out and not just want to Netflix and chill you to death. So, yeah. I think that's a really great idea, actually. I have never thought to just heart, heart, heart everybody, but I've heard that guys do that. I've had guys tell me that they do that, like friends of mine. And I'm like, yeah, what do you have to lose? The worst case scenario is you just unmatch the people you're not interested in, but it really is a great exercise in maybe opening your mind up to other people. And I love that she pointed out waiting until the date to decide if you're, you know, cutting them loose or not, because sometimes things that don't quite translate online or digitally or on these apps, 
um, can hit a little bit different in person. Maybe he looks a little short or is technically a little short, but he's just got big man persona, you know, a little BDE going on. So the date actually turns into a second one. I mean, or like he just brings it. Now I've had another guest. Her episode is actually going to go live in two weeks. Candace, she lives in Istanbul now, but she was living in Rome. And she was like, she told me this story about one of the best dates she's ever had. And it was like a first date. Maybe it was a second date. The guy shut down the entire restaurant. She walked in. She was like, oh, the restaurant's closed. I guess we have to find somewhere else. He's like, no, it's just for you. And she was like, oh, what? Mm. So that's the thing. <laughs> Being open, you might he might be like, I'm short, but I'm I'm shutting down the restaurant for you. You know, and that might be what that you're looking part. for. And preconceived notions when it comes to dating abroad, particularly, you know, like producer star has had something like this happen to her in Paris, where she was assumed to be a sex worker while traveling. Like there on more than one occasion, this has happened uh, in Paris and in Germany for her. Uh, have you dealt with experiences like that? Have any of your your listeners or people that you're friends with had similar um misunderstandings or preconceived notions projected onto them? Yes. I think every woman that I've ever spoken to, Black woman uh, who has lived in Spain, has a story about being mistaken as a, a prostitute. Now, I don't think it has anything to do with dating. It's not like you're, you know, you're on Tinder, you meet up with someone and they're like, oh, I'm paying you for this. It's not that. It's usually, uh, or all the stories I've heard, is just Black women minding our black business you know at the grocery store reading a book at a in a park walking around and old men old spanish men being like hey do you want to take a walk and being like wait what mm -hmm. no what or in my case i was literally i was in a park i was in barcelona in a park i was reading a book it was a beautiful spring day it was just one of those days where you're like wow i live in spain this is great i sit down on the bench i'm reading this book this old man with a walker and i wish i was lying i'm not but with a walker like scoots over comes sits down i was just like oh look at this cute old man i'm in spain and he starts talking to me and i'm like okay let's practice some spanish and he is fine at first, but then he's like, oh, why don't you come and sit on my lap? I was like, do I, uh, do I understand Spanish? That, do I understand that, Spanish? Not good, man. <laughs> what in the Santa Claus? No. Exactly. He's like, oh, well, why don't you give me a kiss? And I was like, oh, no. And he was like, oh, well, oh, I, my have, God. I have something for you. And I was like, sir, I do not want to like do some elderly abuse. So I'm going to walk away, oh, but like, <laughs> absolutely not. And that is a, a definitely a fear, right? And it kind of, it can sometimes get conflated, I feel. There's this notion of Black women go abroad, you're the exotic, you know, one. And I'm like, I'm always a little bit, I have some trepidation about it because it's like, okay, yeah, you're exotic. Yeah, I'm different. Like, there's not a lot of people that look like me walking around in Spain. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I definitely don't want to be fetishized. And I'm definitely not a, a, a sex worker. And even if I was, right. There's like certain times and days and and locations like it's not on all yeah. the time. Like not at the museum on a Tuesday afternoon, sir. Like what what makes you think? Exactly. <laughs> and you know, I'm That's an entrepreneur, so I'm also like, what? why do you even think like I would be even in your price bracket, sir? Absolutely not. Like absolutely mm. not. So <laughs> She said the rate is high. It is high, <laughs> sir. So it has happened. It's not something that happens uh, often. It's happened to me 
three times in the time in the time that I've lived here in Spain, even actually even before when I was walking the Camino Santiago, I had a weird experience, but it doesn't happen every every day, every year, every month. Um, most people don't assume that I'm a sex worker. They think I'm a student because I walk around in kids most of the time. And they're like, you're an adult? And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, I can confirm. Um, I know we talked a little bit about apps. You are not a big fan of the apps uh, for those moving or living abroad, but for the babes who might be on vacation, for you know anybody who's landing, who just wants to have a little fun and needs to get to it as quickly as possible. Um, what apps would you recommend or what apps just are there? I know there are Spanish dating apps, um, Hinge UK, Bumble, OkCupid, like sort of break down the vibe that we might find on any given one of these apps. Okay, so it definitely depends on like where you are in the world. But I'll say from my point of view, being in Valencia, Spain, Hinge is very much like the UK blokes, the lads are like all up on there. I think it's because of the location, very close to Alicante and very close to Benidorm, which is a big like British hotspot. And then also there are definitely a lot of Germans because the Germans like to vacation in the Balearic Islands. So I'm like in this interesting Mm -hmm. radius of men. So that's what I was saying. Hinge Mm -hmm. is like more about like the British lads for me. That's what I've I've picked up on. Bumble is definitely the guys that are, you know, well-educated, very cute, usually taller, good jobs. That's the ones on Bumble. Wait, so Bumble's where it's at. I tried, I tried, you know, okay, Cupid and, and and Hinge and even Tinder. And it was like the it was night and day. I was like, oh, this is where all the fine men are. They're on Bumble. Yeah. So for Spain, we're looking for, you know, somebody who's just looking a little rugged, little beard, like, yeah. I would say bubble. Okay, Cupid okay. is interesting because I feel like um that is the alternative app like all the alternative lifestyles if you're looking to be a unicorn a plus one if you're looking for something else that's quote-unquote alternative I would say okay Cupid because that is where everybody is open and honest and free so you can just be yourself for sure and Tinder I think Tinder is still kind of a good like it's the I don't know it's this it's a standard because there's just so Mm -hmm. many people on that app so Mm-hmm. your odds of getting some is high for sure. Right. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we've talked a lot about what it's like to date or explore abroad romantically in Europe. I'm curious to know how that compares to dating in African countries. Uh, you know, some people might think it would be a little bit easier perhaps because potentially your partner is also black. It's more likely than not that that that, that is the case. Um, but I have a few friends who are married to Caribbean and West African people, and they've mentioned in the past that they've had plenty of cultural differences to deal with, which makes total sense to me. So I'm curious to know, um, have you had any experience dating African men while abroad? Um, and what was that like for you? Were the cultural differences huge? Were they very small and minute? Did you like it more or less compared to dating other there's people of other nationalities. I haven't dated seriously African men abroad. I've gone on a couple of coffee dates and things like that. I do have a couple of stories from some of my guests that have, that are currently based on the continent. And what I can say is that once again, like blackness is not monolithic. And I think people really understand that, especially black Americans or anyone else from the diaspora. When they go to the continent, it is not all the same. 
And it's not, this is not, I think with dating, you have to be really careful um, about how you approach it because there are cultural norms that if you may be forward, you might be like, well, I'm going to do the choosing, but that might put you in a whole different category for dating. That might not be like serious dating. Another thing is that you know, I've had a guest, Yasmin, and she's in Sierra Leone, and uh, she says there's this, I'm going to mess it up, but there's this uh, Creole phrase, uh, we on a mate. It's called we on a mate, and basically it means we all date everybody, okay? Sierra Leone mm -hmm. is a very religious country. Uh, it's Christian or Muslim, like that's what it is. But there is a culture of, uh, she says entanglement, um, but it's a culture of... Oh. People are open in their relationships, even if they're not calling it open. It's not like how we think of it in the West. Um, so you can mm -hmm. be married or people are in, you know, committed relationships and they are dating and sleeping with other people all the time. And you have to be right. very cautious or be very maybe explicit. Be like, are you available? Are you married? Is this somebody think they're married to you, sir? Like, uh, did you say any vows? <laughs> well, that's the question, right? Does someone else think they're married to you? Because they'll say no in a heartbeat. That don't got nothing to do with their whole married spouse who absolutely acknowledges the relationship. Exactly. So you have to be really explicit because she's had several, you know, situations where she was like, are you married? And he's like, yeah. And, and she's like, okay, no, no, thank you. Okay, no. Wow. Also, because Yasmin was uh, raised in the West uh, and she went to Sierra Leone, um, there is like resistance or, or a little bit of friction sometimes between cultures because she's not only well-educated, but there is this sense of independence. She has her own business in Sierra Leone. She has her own foundation. She has her own car. She has things. She just got her own stuff. And so men may feel like, what do you need me for? And she's like, well, I'm about to tell you if you will be open and available and honest with me, I'll tell you what I need you for. Right. So there are so mm -hmm. many different kinds of dynamics you have to be careful for. So the thing is, it's like, this is before blackness isn't monolithic. And just because we all black doesn't mean that we all get along. Right. Colorism is a big thing. Socioeconomic uh, status is a big thing, depending on what country you are in, uh, language, religion and tribe. Like all of these things are really important to consider. I also had a guest, uh, Helena. She went to Togo when she was about like 2022 for Peace Corps, met uh, a Togolese man, got married and was this love. They went back to the United States and he was just like, nah, nah, because he was on her, like her turf. And so the dynamic changed. He wasn't, he wasn't like fluent in English and she was one that one had to like teach him everything and show him everything. And culturally, he was like, no, no, I teach you. I, you, I am the right. man and I teach you. And it was really hard for him to adjust to that kind of dynamic. And, you know, it didn't work mm. out. So there's a lot of things wow. to think about, you know, when you're dating abroad, um, interculturally, there's so many different things to, to consider. Gender roles, and regardless of how sensitive people might feel about gender roles and things like that, it's true. Like you have some type of role, maybe it's not based in gender in your relationship. You got some kind of expectation and you need to make sure that's in alignment and understand like that's going to work. And then 
briefly just to kind of wrap up Africa is like I actually just had another guest season two episode two Nafisa she's a diplomat author extraordinaire super awesome um she met her husband who's Mozambican in India and when they moved back to Mozambique for a brief a period of time his family was like why should you do this why did you do that they were so they're like she's black so why don't you do all the things that we do? And she's like, but I'm not from Mozambique. And she even said on the show, she was like, it would be better if I was just white because then y'all wouldn't expect me to do any of this stuff. But because I'm black, you're like, why don't you do this? And she's like, cause I'm not from here. I'm not from here and I'm not gonna necessarily assimilate, right? So there's so many different dynamics to consider when dating and don't just like kind of broad brush it to be like, we're all black, it's gonna be fine. I'm like, it's, it's a little bit more complex yeah. than that. Oh, much more complex. Absolutely. Um, for those who are traveling abroad, who might be wanting to step into the language game in a way that they're currently unfamiliar, are there any apps um, or resources that you recommend, like translation apps? We, I love 90 Day Fiance. I've been watching for years and years since before it became this like crazy popular like zeitgeist moment. Um, and we see often, right? Like they play it up. The couples there are sometimes a little extreme uh but it's like they barely speak each other's languages and they're on the translation app going back and forth and you're thinking to yourself how is this even a functioning relationship do they even know who they're with uh because they don't seem to be able to communicate at all uh so what have you used in the past to get your point across to someone who maybe doesn't speak your language or vice versa so well a lot of smiling and miming that's what i've used <laughs> okay Smile and mime, when in doubt. Smile and mime and make really big gestures. And people are just like, oh, okay, sure. Um, no, I utilize Google Translate all the time. Definitely get that on offline mode. I think it's excellent. Now, if you want to learn a language, there's so many different ways to learn a language if you want to do that in, before you go. And I think actually, if you're going on vacation, if you're just like, I'm just going to be there for a month or whatever uh, abroad, I think it actually does so much for your confidence, especially if you want to date, to just pick up some classes, whether it be on some kind of like Babbel or Preply or Duolingo. Um, there's a lot of like video uh, kind of apps and they're from people all around the world. So the price point could be like $10 an hour to $25 an hour, maybe even less than $10 an hour. So I think that actually is really important to sit down get some kind of like basic language and actually give your teacher like the like the topic that you want to talk about. Be like, I'm going to go abroad. I'm going to date. They're going to think it's hilarious. They're going to stop laughing and then they're going to help you, right? They're going to be like, okay, this is what you say. They say this, that's really rude. That's really forward. That's actually a really great way to learn the language, not just like the alphabet, but actually learning the context like that you're going to be in and say, I want to be able to be flirty or I want to be able to be witty in this way. How would I say this thing, right? I think that would be really great. But as we talked about before, I say when you're on the ground, you land, you're going to be scrolling through Tinder, things like that. Find a language exchange that are usually in most major cities and just go. And they're usually at bars or cafes. So even if it's a total dud, you'll be out. Go and just be like, let's see what happens. That's the best way, I think. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, 
Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Obviously, you know, people are out in the dating game. That's one thing. You're single and mingling. Sometimes you find love. Sometimes you actually do um, take it to the next level with whoever you're dating. And then you have this interesting combining of two worlds and it can make for a lot of interesting and fun conversation and experience. And it can also make for a lot of miscommunication. You know, it's, it's hard enough to get on the page, the same page with someone when you're both of the same mind and culture and maybe community, you add, you know, the intersection of um, uh, another language, um, another lifestyle, uh, potentially different religions, um, family that doesn't speak the language. You know, I've experienced that where it's like, wow, I want to bond with my potential in-laws, but I literally can't talk to them, you know? So what do you recommend people consider, think about, or how can we best navigate intercultural relationships? Any advice for making it work? 
The first thing, this is probably not gonna be very helpful, is like, if you can fall in love with somebody who is also international, so they can be of a different culture and religion, all those things, but they've also lived somewhere else or traveled. Because I think that's going to help the relationship. It's weird, or I would say it's hard to have that kind of grace or have your partner extend you that grace if they don't recognize that you're a foreigner. Like, this is hard on many different levels, not just language, like, you know, like emotionally and mentally, like there's so many different layers. And then you'd be like, all right, well, you're in class. So like, get on with it. Like, it's not a big of a deal. I think that's the number one. You need to have somebody who gets it, who's been afraid, who's been insecure, who, who's been a fish out of, you know, water. That I think helps because I think for a lot of the relationships that I've seen friends, when one of the partners hasn't really gone any place, they don't really have the compassion. It's not that they don't want to, but they just don't get it. And that's a huge rift in the relationship. I think another thing is, is that it's just important to be as intentional as possible in that relationship and to be at and try to communicate as much as possible. Now, like I know that in my past relationship, my ex is from Spanish, she's from Sevilla. Um, and so when I would get upset, I wouldn't speak like proper, you know, North American English. You'll get like real Southern and twangy, mm -hmm. start, you know, throwing in some different kind of, you know, you slang. With that He'd be like, what? He's like, wait, nobody ever taught me this English. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. And so he'd be like, wait, what? And you're like, I've just been given this like moment of grace where either I'm going to repeat my smart stuff that I just was spitting at him or I'm going to take a beat yeah. and I'm going to communicate in an adult manner. Yeah. And that's also the thing is being like, okay, let me like take it down yeah. and like actually speak to you and not say all these crazy things to you that are from Atlanta. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that is the biggest thing, having that kind of patience with one another. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, in-laws can always be kind of difficult if you, especially if you don't speak the language and if they really have no concept of anything outside their own culture because mm -hmm. unfortunately I think you know media has done such a great job really perpetuating certain images of black women I mean even like American white women I used to hear all these crazy things like Italian guys would say they're like oh yeah sorority girls they're you know the sorority blonde girls they're like really easy and I'd be like whoa, whoa. excuse me <laughs> So they may only have a certain idea of you or whatever they think of you from media. And that could be really difficult right. as well. So I think communication and patience as much as possible. Really great advice. If people are interested in learning more about your journey, um, are interested in maybe working with you or having conversations with you or just sort of diving into um, the world of expat living, what are some resources that people can check out? Uh, what services do you offer if you offer services uh, so people can begin journeys of their own? Yeah, I have a really great guide called Moving Abroad with Intention. And I also have a course of the same name. You can check it out at flourishtheforeign.com. And I also am a business strategist. I help Black women and women of color leverage their talents and their expertise into viable and sustainable businesses. So if you're interested in starting your entrepreneurial journey abroad or to go abroad, you can also check out that guide at flourishtheforeign.com as well.
I love it, Christine. Oh my God, I could talk to you for so much longer. It is killing me that I have to go to the studio now, the TV studio. But this was such a pleasure. Um, I'm actually going to be in Europe in, gosh, two, three weeks. I'm going to be hopping around and kind of solo traveling for the first time ever. That So I'm really excited about that. So I'm going to have to pick your brain, uh, get some tips. We'll have to offline about it. Definitely. Hit me up. Will do. Thank you so much, Christine. You guys check her out on Instagram. Check out her services. One more time, the name of the podcast. Flourish in the Foreign. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you today. Thank you. Such a fun combo. Christine, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me on the podcast. We're excited to dig into more love and relationships. Um, We're focusing more on the love, the relationships and dating of it all in coming months because you all have really responded to that content. You've said you want more of it. You have so many questions, a lot of Ask Zuri, a lot of bringing in therapists and experts uh, to navigate the world of relationship because it's so much more than just the love and the dating, right? It's interpersonal relationships between parent and child, brothers and sisters, uh, friends, colleagues. And that's the stuff that I'm most passionate and curious about. I always have been. Um, So I'm excited to give you more of what you want and more of what I'm interested in. If you have a story to share, you can hit us up at hello at hothappymess.com or slide in the DMs on Instagram. I cannot wait to hear from you. And before I leave, I just want to close it out with a listener review. Kirsten One says, appreciate the realness. Keep it up. I look forward to listening and need authentic topics like what you discuss in your podcast. I replay certain episodes that resonate with me. I love to hear that. Thank you so much for listening and supporting. And thank you for the review. Um, This is the easiest way that you listening can support the podcast. It's free. It's easy. It's so fast. Um, Hit us with a five-star rating and a couple of sentences about what you love most about the podcast. Um, So thank you again to Kirsten for the review. If you haven't, leave one now. I love that so much. And I will be back next week with another episode every Wednesday. We're back at it again. Uh, Don't forget to tell a friend, share it, send this episode to anyone you think might want to listen. And in the meantime, you can keep up with me on Instagram at Zuri Hall, Z-U-R-I-H-A-L-L and at Hot Happy Mess. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Even though Tariq St. Patrick was betrayed and almost taken out last season, he's not totally on his own in the final season of Power Book 2, Ghost. For better or for worse, his partner in the drug game, Braden Weston, 
It's his ride or die, and it's them against the world. But when Braden goes all in on this life, Tariq has to wonder, is there really room for both of them at the top? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian-trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts.